Amen. That's chapter 17. The text for this evening is the verse 16. Verse 16. Now while Paul waited for them at Athens, his spirit was stirred in him when he saw the city holy given to idolatry leaving Berea Paul travelled 200 miles south to Athens as we read there in the verse 15 Athens was the most celebrated city in Greece it was the centre of philosophy literature science and the arts Athens the city was named after the Greek goddess Athena named after a goddess that then tells us will tell us something about the religious and moral state of the city. Indeed it is not surprising that when the apostle arrived there in the city of Athens he discovered it was wholly given to idolatry. Wholly given to idolatry. It wasn't the case that there would be the odd idol or shrine here and there. No, uh, the city was wholly given to the worship of idols. And those words, wholly given to idolatry, those words may be translated, the city was full of idols. Full of idols. And it's recorded that the streets of Athens were lined with idols. Indeed, an ancient writer of the time said it was easier to find a god in Athens than it was to find a man. Such was it given over to idolatry. That was the religious environment that Paul encountered when he arrived in Athens. He left Berea, where he ministered to the people there, who, we're told in verse 11, received the word with all readiness of mind, and searched the scriptures daily. What a contrast now, from leaving Berea and the people there, and coming to the people in Athens. He came to a city where people, many of the people, knew nothing about the scriptures at all. Yes, there was a Jewish synagogue there. And Paul, as a Jew's practice was, when he arrived, entered the synagogue and ministered to the Jews that were gathered there. There, of course, in the synagogue, the Old Testament scriptures would have been open in their worship services. But the Jews 
there didn't seem to have much of an influence on the city of Athens because the people were wholly given to idolatry the Jews had the scriptures but it would appear they hadn't shared the scriptures or the truth of the scriptures with any there in that city we would say oh that God would have this church to be an effective witness here in this town of Port Hope the people know that here on the Toronto Road there is a church where the Bible is open and where the word is preached and Christ is preached but there was no such witness in Athens for the city was wholly given to idolatry it was a pagan city and Paul would begin to carry out his ministry there of preaching to the pagan people and it's interesting how he did preach to them I want first of all to consider Paul and how he was stirred in Athens he had sent for Silas and Timothy to come to him with all speed verse 15 and so there Paul he's in Athens and he's waiting for Silas and Timotheus to come no doubt to help them in the work of the Lord there in Athens and of course there's always need for workers in the Lord's work now while he waited for them to arrive he saw something of the paganism of the city and we read in the verse 16 and while Paul waited for them at Athens his spirit was stirred in him when he saw the city wholly given to idolatry it stirred him the first thing we notice then about Paul being stirred we see that he was troubled he was troubled upon seeing a city wholly given to idolatry and paganism we're told his spirit was stirred that word stirred is a very strong word it's a word that describes the apostles feelings the word means provoked his feelings were provoked it wasn't the case of Paul saying the city given over to idols and it didn't affect him it most certainly did affect him it provoked him he was stirred in his heart when he saw the people given to the worship of idols and their pagan behavior of the people there it stirred him now of course Paul being a holy man of God 
Paul being a true servant of the Lord Paul being a preacher of the word it's not surprising then that this spiritual man Paul was stirred and grieved deeply by what he saw a less spiritual man visiting Athens would not have been stirred it wouldn't have affected them at all they would simply have accepted what the people were doing there in Athens they would just have accepted that the streets that were lined with idols and that's the way it is even today those who are more spiritual today are grieved in their hearts with what's taking place and the, 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 the moral immoral temperature of the world today I hate even to mention it I hate even to mention it but we have this transgender issue that is seen among young people today and even being promoted in some schools what does that do to us believe does it not stir us does it not grieve us when we hear of these things and perhaps read about such things and then of course there's the promoting the promoting of the sodomite agenda that something corrupt practice that grieves us as well does it not and yet there are churches in our land and they permit it and their men and women in pulpits they see nothing wrong with it that shows you their lack of spirituality their lack of decency it shows you their lack of knowledge of God's word when God destroyed the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah because of that filthy practice that stirs us does it not in what we see taking place all around us today and we say can it get any worse and we think back five years ago two or three years ago the things that are happening today were not even happening two or three or five years ago and doesn't it grieve us as those who love the Lord and love the word that we have this on our very doorstep as it were and it's pushed down our throats all the time take a stand against it and you're the worst in the world well Paul was troubled and surely it troubles us and next we have Paul's teaching Paul wasted no time getting the truth 
of the gospel out to those who be encountered there. Verses 17 and 18. Therefore disputed he in the synagogue. Paul never wastes time when he gets to any new city. Goes straight to the synagogue. Therefore he disputed he in the synagogue with the Jews and with the devout persons and in the market daily with them that met with him and certain philosophers of the Epicureans and of the Stoics encountered him and some said what will this babbler say others some he seemeth to be a sinner for the strange God because he preached unto them Jesus and the resurrection and we're thankful for a man like Paul doesn't it do it good to read the life of the apostle Paul there he was in a idol worshipping city give it over to paganism and what did Paul do he preached unto them Jesus and the resurrection and you see you see believer there is the answer to what's happening today it's the preaching of Christ it's the preaching of the gospel it's the preaching of righteousness and Paul not only preached Christ he preached the resurrection of Christ and here in a city like Athens where the people were worshipping dead dumb man made idols Paul was preaching a living Christ a living person the living God of heaven what a preacher Paul was he said does you good to read about him and of course they was criticized made fun of what said this babbler this man's babbling that word babble is a word that means a base fellow in other words the lowest of the low that's what they thought of Paul and his preaching of the gospel he's a base fellow he's only a babbler of course this came from the philosophers of the Epicureans and the Stoics the philosophers oh those highly educated individuals I always think of Pastor Willie Mullins when he would be dealing with people like this he used to talk about the Dopey Jones from the university <laughs> and a good way to describe them go to university to be educated but when it comes to the things of God well they're sort of dopey joes alright the philosophers in Athens that's what they were it came from them that Paul was nothing more than a babbler and I'm not over myself to tell you the sort of stuff that these philosophers were teaching because what it was it was lurid and corrupt that goes along with idol worship and here 
those so-called educated individuals said Paul was a babbler. He was a base fellow. Oh yes, take your stand for the Lord. Promote the truth and purity and righteousness and holiness and you'll be called many a thing. You'll be called many a thing by the world today. And the so-called educated people of the day will regard you as a base fellow. That's right. Well, remember what the Savior said in Matthew 10 and verse 25. It is enough for the disciple that he be as his master. That's what we want to be, as our master. It is enough that the disciple be as his master and the servant as his Lord. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebub, how much more shall they call them of his household? How much more Beelzebub? Beelzebub means the prince of devils. Can you imagine? That's what they call the Savior. The prince of devils. And the dear Lord is saying to us here, well if they call the master of the house Beelzebub, how much more shall they call them of his household? How much more will they call us today? And whatever Whatever they call my dear Saviour, I'll tell you something right now. It's his company I want to be in. I want to be identified with Christ. Away with the philosophers. Let us take our stand with Christ and his truth and his word. As well as Paul being troubled in Paul's teaching, Paul also met the talkers. The talkers. After Paul told the Athenians about Jesus and the resurrection, they then took him and brought him on to Areopagus. Now Areopagus was the highest court in the land and they wanted the apostle to tell them more of what this new doctrine whereof thou speakest tell us more about this new doctrine well it's always encouraging when people want to know more about the doctrines of God's word that's encouraging tell us more Ah, but then what happens next is not so encouraging. If you look there in verse 21, for all the Athenians and strangers which were there spent their time in nothing else. You don't underline those words. Spent their time in nothing else but either to tell or to hear some new thing. 
they spent their time on. And here was some new thing that they heard from the lips of Paul. They would stand in the marketplace and engage their time with idle talk. So different from those in Berea as we've already noticed. They search the scriptures daily. That's what they spend their time at. Reading God's word. Studying the word. Searching the scriptures. But not not the Athenians. They spend their time in idle talk. They talk and talk and talk. Not that they wanted to know anything more or gain any benefit from the ministry of Paul. No, it was just because it was something new and it was something new to talk about. That's all. They were talkers. They were idle <coughs> gossipers. And all that Paul told the Athenians was of no benefit to them. All that they were interested in was to engage in idle talk. Spent their time in nothing else but either to tell or to hear some new thing. Well, if you're spending your time in nothing else, you're not doing anything. You're just an idle individual doing nothing. That's what they spend their time. And the only reason the Athenians talked about Paul's message was because it was a new thing. That's all. Just because it was something new. Something new to talk about. What a truly useless exercise. Paul spoke about such individuals later on in his first letter to Timothy. Turn to 1 Timothy 5. 1 Timothy 5, and there in verse 13. Verse 13. And with all, they learn to be idle, wandering about from house to house, and not only idle, but tattlers also and busy bodies speaking things which they ought not he wasn't talking about the Athenians but he was certainly talking about people like the Athenians busy bodies idle talk doing nothing else but idle talk some new thing they had heard from Paul As well as seeing Paul being stirred, that leads us to consider Paul and his sermon. Paul now delivered a message to those gathered at Mars Hill, which was the court of Eurypagus, mentioned there in verse 19. And that's where the court was located on Mars Hill. In this sermon, 
he delivered the word and in so doing first of all he exposed the ignorance of the people he spoke about their ignorance verse 22 I perceive that in all things ye are too superstitious though that word superstitious means you are very devout in your ways he wasn't paying them a compliment you are very devout in your ways and then Paul goes on to say for as I passed by and beheld your devotions the word devotions as you can see from your Bible margin, the word devotions means gods that ye worship. Gods that ye worship. So, you get the picture. They were very devoted to the gods, to the idols that they worshipped. They were very devout in all their ways. No, they were not devoted to the God of heaven. Paul could have commended them for that. No, they were devoted to their gods, their false gods, devoted to their idols man-made idols that they regarded as gods gods that could do something for them turn to Psalm 115 please Psalm 115 and here's David He's speaking about the truth of Psalm 115 verse 3 But our God is in the heavens No he's not lying along the street somewhere God is in the heavens He hath done whatsoever he hath pleased Their idols are silver and gold the work of men's hands their gods are the work of men's hands doesn't matter what they're made of they can use the most expensive material still a dumb idol they have mouths but they speak not eyes have they but they see not they have ears but they hear not noses have they but they smell not these are the gods like those that the Athenians were worshipping and devoted to they have hands but they handle not feet have they but they walk not neither speak they through their throat 
They that make them are like unto them, so is everyone that trusteth in them. Gives a good clear picture, doesn't it? Of the folly of idol worship and the ignorance of those who engage in such a practice as worshipping idols. Eyes that don't see, ears that they don't hear, the mouth that they can't speak, feet that they can't walk. And yet Paul is here saying regarding those of the Athenians he spoke about their devotions they were sold out to their false gods they were sold out to the gods that couldn't do anything for them nothing at all you think of those religions today their places of worship are coming down with idols And they bow down before them. And they worship them. <laughs> and they present gifts unto them. You think of the poor Roman Catholic. And there they go on their pilgrimages up the side of a mountain. And believing God will accept their worship as they go up barefoot. And the time they get there and come down again, their feet are bleeding. And they're so devoted to their false God that they think their God will accept them for the sacrifice they're making and how they're climbing that mountain on a pilgrimage to some place where the Virgin Mary is supposed to have appeared on the summit there. And there's a shrine there. Dear, help them. The dear Roman Catholic need the gospel. They need the truth of God's word to set them free, to show them the, who the true God is. No one can doubt their devotion, no. But it's all in vain. There's nothing to it. There's no need for such pilgrimages. No need for idols or statues or shrines. What men and women need today, what Roman Catholic souls need today is Christ, the Lord Jesus. That's who they need. They need the Lord. The Athenians were devoted to their gods of their own making. And it was all in vain. And Paul saw that and it stirred him. After their ignorance, we see the instruction. Paul now gives them the truth with regard to who they ought to be worshipping. In verse 23, for I pass by, and behold your devotions. I find an altar with an inscription 
to the unknown God whom therefore ye ignorantly worship ye ignorantly worship him declare I unto you they were worshipping a God that they didn't know and you know you find that that man knows somewhere in his mind that there is a superior being some uncivilized places when the missionaries go out what do they find they find the neighbors worshipping the sun or the moon or something else because they're acknowledging there is a superior being but they don't know who he is so it was with the Athenians they acknowledged there was a superior being and that's why Paul saw the altar to the unknown God and then Paul went on to say whom therefore ye ignorantly worship him him declare I unto you and Paul sets about identifying as it were the unknown God he sets about identifying the God of heaven what a tremendous exposition he gave them he told them verse 24 God that made the world and all things therein so he told them about God his God the creator he made all things he told them about his omnipotence he's the lord of heaven and earth he told them about his omnipresence telling them that the lord does not dwell in temples made with hands he's omnipresent he is everywhere he told them about his sovereignty given given to all life and breath verse 26 we said God is the creator God is omnipotent God is omnipresent and God is sovereign and he spoke about the God of salvation verse 27 they that should seek the Lord the Lord God the one he's been telling them about he should seek him he says he's the sustainer in him we live and move and have our being verse 28 Paul then tells them that the one true God cannot be made into an idol made with hands verse 29 for as much then as we are the offspring of God we ought not to think think that the Godhead is like unto gold or silver or stone graven by art and that man's device so Paul didn't mince his words he gave the truth to the Athenians and you know what else he preached to the judgment verse 31 because he hath appointed a day in the which he will judge the world 
in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained. It's quite different from the gods the Athenians were worshipping, wasn't it? They show you their ignorance, their darkness. And God, or Paul, told them who the true God is. Turn over to Isaiah, please. Isaiah 44. Isaiah 44. Verse 6. Thus said the Lord, the King of Israel. The King of Israel. And his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts. Christ is our Redeemer. I am the first and I am the last. Beside me there is no God. And verse 8 Fear ye not, neither be afraid. Have not I told thee from that time and have declared it? Ye are even my witnesses. Is there a God beside me? Yea, there is no God. I know not any. That's the God, believer, we worship. This is the God we worship. There's no God like the one we worship every Sabbath day, every time we come into this house to worship God. This is the God we worship. We're not thankful. The grace and the mercy of God in our lives. And we're not brought up in a religion where we bow down before dumb idols. It can do us no good, no matter how devoted we may be. Isn't it good? God has brought us into a knowledge of the truth. And the knowledge of who God is. Is there a God beside me? Yea, there is no God. I know not any. Praise the Lord. As well as the ignorance, the instruction, we have the insistence. See what Paul insisted on the Athenians doing here. After telling the Athenians about the one and only true God, he calls upon them to repent of their idolatry. He insists they ought to repent of their idolatry and turn to the one true living God. Verse 30. In the times of this ignorance, God winged up, but now commanded all men everywhere to repent. Everywhere, not included those in Athens. All men everywhere to repent. In verse 31, because he hath appointed a day in the which he will judge the world in righteousness 
by that man whom he has ordained whereof he has given assurance unto all men in that he has raised him from the dead of course who is he speaking about none other than Christ <coughs> and so here's Paul and he's dealing with the judgment he's telling them about the damn judgment and he's telling them who will do the judging the one that man he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained that's Christ he's the one who will sit upon the throne and he says all men everywhere ought to repent why? because one day you're going to meet your judge one day you're going to stand before the one who sits upon the throne the day of judgment is coming you need to repent of your sin and be prepared for there's a day of judgment coming and the one whom you've rejected he's the one who'll be your judge sinners ought to be aware that the Christ they have rejected today will be their judge tomorrow and Paul called upon the Athenians to repent he gave them the gospel he preached Christ unto them Paul knew that's the answer to paganism preaching Christ preaching salvation preaching the cross preaching the blood that's the answer to the, for the idol worshippers finally Paul was stirred then you have Paul and the sermon and then you have Paul and the saved the saved Paul had preached to the pagans of Athens and his labour was not in vain in the law verse 34 how be it certain men cleave on to him so they joined themselves with Paul cleave on to him and believed among and believed among which was Dionysius the Erythite and a woman named Damaris others with them so while there were results from Paul's preaching there was also the derision as we've already pointed out the derision verse 32 and when they heard of the resurrection of the dead some mocked and others said we will hear thee again of this matter go thy way and have a more convenient season I will call for thee they were saying the same thing they mocked him but Paul was in good company because we read in Luke 22 and verse 63 and the men 
that held Jesus mocked him and smote him so Paul's in good company and believer when the world mocks us we're in good company and that's the company we want to be in Paul was mocked because he preached Christ you go over there to the book of Jude book of Jude verse 17 Jude says verse 17 but beloved remember ye the words which were spoken before of the apostles of the Lord Jesus Christ how that they told you there should be mockers in the last time mockers in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lusts well it's no surprise that those who walk after their own ungodly lusts will mock the man who takes a stand for Christ and preaches Christ and preaches the cross so there was the derision ah but there was the delivered there were those who were delivered again in the verse 34 certain men cleave on them and believe and believe and a woman named Damaris and others with them now Paul didn't see revival there but his labor was not availing in the Lord he saw people saved that made it all worthwhile preaching to the pagans it made it worthwhile and again he preached Christ that always makes it worthwhile can't fail praise the Lord you cannot fail when you preach Christ and you preach the word and you preach the truth and so there's Paul and he's been in Athens they've seen the paganism the idol worship the devotion of the people to their idol and Paul preached Christ unto them and we read in, the last, in that verse 34 there were those who were saved and they said it was revival but nevertheless saw people see it Isaiah tells us in 32 and verse 20 blessed are ye that sow beside all waters blessed are ye that sow beside all waters that teaches us that when they the opportunity to sow the seed of the gospel we may not see revival but we can see souls saved, individuals saved loved ones saved neighbors saved friends saved, strangers saved and the truth of the gospel has the power praise the Lord, has the power to deliver men and women from paganism and idol worship there's something to live for 
when you come to a knowledge of Christ what can an idol do has a mouth and can't speak ears and cannot hear eyes and cannot see and feet and cannot walk may the Lord bless his word to our hearts we do indeed thank the Lord for the memory of a man like the Apostle Paul what a ministry he had let's bow our heads together in prayer Lord oh, dear Lord we bless thee for the word we do indeed thank thee for such a man as the Apostle Paul a brave man courageous man bold for the Lord <coughs> preach the truth never failed to preach Christ Lord we pray that thou would bless this word tonight to all who have heard it and for any Lord who know not the living Saviour and the living God bring them to the foot of the cross even tonight again Lord we commit ourselves to thee and our church family to thee keep us healthy and well and keep us safe Lord be with us throughout this week be with us Lord in thy will on Tuesday evening now may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit their abiding portion now and forevermore Amen